At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lo Tullis, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with it's the interview series that's presented by WFPK at WFPK.org consequence and the consequence podcast network. Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out this uh, series, this episode. Uh, I do hope you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at all the usual spots, too, like uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Ray LaMontagne. We're going to be diving into his record, uh, Monovision, which actually released in 2020 during the pandemic, but is just now getting to support it on a a summer tour. In fact, we're going to talk about uh, re-recording the song I Was Made to Love You with Sierra Farrell, who's also opening up some dates on this upcoming tour. Ray will talk about being a creature of habits, his uh, work-life balance, and we're also going to get a fun story uh, about uh, I, I compliment him on his uh, harmonica playing, and he tells about getting a compliment from one of the world's greatest harmonica players himself. So let's jump into it, shall we? We're discussing Monovision. It's Kyle Meredith with Ray LaMontagne. First off, let me say it's uh, we're so excited to have you back in Louisville. You're going to be playing May 21st at the uh, at the Palace, right next door to the WFBK Studios again, and just behind a beautiful. And fun record, uh, Monovision. Uh, I, I should say congratulations on this. I know, I know I'm about two years late on telling you that, but, but what a fantastic record once again. Thank you. You've got a, um, a new version of, uh, of Born to Love You. What brought that on? Was it just a tour? Um, it was a few things, really. Um, it had, um, you know, as the tour was shaping up, um, um, we had seen that the... Um, streaming numbers for that song were really building. Uh, people were gravitating towards it, and it hadn't been released as a single as of yet. Um, but um, So we started talking about just releasing it as a single. Um, but sort of at the same time, we were looking at openers, and um, I had gotten Sierra's album and uh, invited her on the tour, and um, you know, the idea got bounced around that 
maybe she ought to take a pass at some harmonies on it because it, it kind of lends itself to that, you know. Um, it all just kind of happened uh, naturally. You all sound great. But together. I think it's lovely. Her, yeah, her vocal, her vocal is lovely. I mean, she's she's a yeah, really very natural singer. Has the uh, you know the, I mentioned the the album had been out for a uh, you know it came out in 2020, uh, famously of course during the pandemic. Has having this lapse in time of not being able to to play these songs to give them that 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 live life that they might have had otherwise does that give you a different relationship with them than than maybe albums in the past hmm. i know that i'm really really looking forward to playing them live more so than than you know um maybe in the past you know um but because i, I haven't been able to so, uh, you know, I'm such a creature of habit and, and this, this cycle has always been the same. And I like that, you know, I will uh, make an album in the winter, usually um, release it in the spring, tour it in the summer, come home, um, take a breather, do some writing, make an album, tour it, come home, take a breather, you know, these things. But each time you tour the album, you give it that chance you 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 know you get to know the songs better um arrangements shift and change a little bit and there's just something about it that um isn't it's not closure but it's um it's like the final piece playing them live release the record then get out there and play them live and and bring them to people and not being able to do that has been strange so um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it you know and um and once this you know once this uh, this year of touring is is complete and i come home then i can um start digging into the new songs that i've been working on but they're just kind of sitting there in the, in the way back of distant part of my subconscious just um with the door locked saying nope you have something to do first and then and then we can play. <laughs> so I have to do this before the new songs can really focus on them. You know, that's that's really interesting because I uh, I of course read you know when you were talking about doing this record, you know, as, as I read anyway, you you went through the process of learning the recording studio and really learning to do that yourself. And and for anyone who doesn't know who's listening, I mean, Monovision is not only self-produced but it's self everything on this record. Like it is, like. Most of the time when people say solo record, it doesn't exactly mean solo, but this is an actual solo record from from beginning to end. And and I'd wondered with the two years, that's really interesting you said that because I'm surprised that you haven't been able to let yourself go ahead now that you have that that new muscle just to dive in and, and, and oh, here's more songs. I, you know, keep recording, keep playing. No, it doesn't work that way with me, really. Um, I, I have spent um, far more time away from music than I do with music far more. Um, and it's just my rhythm. It's just the way, you know, um, I think it's really, really healthy. Um, but it's also just natural. You know, you just find these rhythms in yourself, your creative rhythms. And, um, so, you know, I, I put the guitars away and, you know, unless a melody is really, you know, comes knocking. And that's not to say I don't play music, but I don't, I don't focus on it with that kind of intense focus when I'm making a record or really sitting down to, you know, listen through melodies and, and 
see what what songs want to live and I'm really in that you know, intense creative space then that's all I do but um throughout the year normally I just you know I'll, I'll, if a melody is knocking then I'll grab my guitar and my phone and I'll quickly record that little piece of something and then put it away and just business you know and then a year later I go back and sift through all these little pieces of melodies and see what all the fuss was about <laughs> when you're when you're working so solitary like that I, I talk about self-producing and recording again is there less of a journey from demo to completion than it would be with working with someone else not necessarily because i often i, I go into the studio really prepared and send um um you know a good detailed map uh of each song and even as far as the track listing and everything before i go into the studio to the players or whatever um you know this it it's yeah i mean i did everything on this record but you know i've produced other records of mine and um and even if i wasn't producing it there's always a good you know detailed map um, but i will say that i found um i feel like i've i really enjoyed this process a lot um not that I, I would, would do it every time, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, um, but you can, it's really difficult to keep momentum up when there's five guys in a room. Um, I mean, it happens and you, and you get it, but it's there's a whole other world of challenges there because um, especially the way I like to record things um, in a group setting, which is just all of us playing together. It's always been like that. So I never uh, sang over a track or laid down a track and sang over it. Um, we, it was always, it's always live with everyone playing. And so then you're juggling all these takes and, you know, the, the drummer didn't get it to take, but the, you know, the guy playing guitar got an amazing take. I got a pretty good take. Bass player got an amazing take. Well, let's do it again. And, you know, you just keep doing this. And at some point there's always this concession you have to make where, you know, man, the rhythm section just nailed it. My vocals aren't so great, but it's, there's something there, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always this thing or my vocal is amazing, you know, to me. I'm not you know, bragging here, but to me, I'll say, oh, that's the vocal. I got it. But everyone else is like, oh, gosh, I didn't do so good on this, or I could have done better on that. There's always some concession. Whereas when I was doing it by myself, I could just, you know, um, lay down the bass part, put the acoustic over that, put the drums on, you know, keys, whatever I'm going to do, and then sing over it. And it just kind of stay in this. I could keep the momentum each day easier. I know I've only got a minute here, so let me throw out a few compliments to you. That bass work in Roll Me Mama, it's so playful and so fun and, and adds so much to that song. But I especially want to compliment your harmonica playing uh, on this record, which isn't something I really thought about too much before. But it's just like I think of the harmonica and the style you're doing here is the sound of traveling by myself, just lonesome out on the road. And it's just such a mood and feeling. And you do it so well. Uh, on there. And, well, uh, thank I, you. I, yeah. Thank you very much. That's, you know, um, I've uh, gotten some really nice compliments about harmonica playing over the years. Um, uh, Mickey Raphael, uh, you know, Willie's harmonica player, who we all know and love, right? Mm -hmm. um, pulled me aside uh, at Sirius Radio one day and um, I said, man, I love the way you play harmonica. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play less, you know, and, and listening to you makes me want to play just a little less. I want to play less like that. Like you, that's insane, right? <laughs> that is that's to me. It was insane. Yeah, right. I thought that is just that. That's it. This is insane. That this this conversation is happening. 
because he's he's astounding. Talk about a, a melodic harmonica player. I mean that he's the man, you know. So, but I always feel like that with harmonica is that it's just less. It's always more and always uh, keep it vocal, like a vocal line for me anyway. And that's how I find a place for it. If it is it asking for it, you know, the vocal line. Yeah. Well, but thank you. That's kind. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect on there. And I wrote, I wrote on piece of paper. I, wrote I appreciate that the, the compliments on the bass line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I finishing up here. I, wrote down the line summer clouds don't worry about tomorrow i have net that now as a post-it right here on my screen uh i don't know why that line's meant so much to me but it's it's one that just set with me and i've i'm, I'm keeping that one right here so um thank you That's yeah great. again we are so looking forward to having you here in louisville again may 21st at the palace and ray congratulations on monovision i can't wait to finally hear these songs live so we'll be out there uh we'll be out there watching well, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Now, it's been a few years since uh, Ray and I last did an official interview, and I think we have to go uh, back all the way to, uh, let's see, uh, 2014 Supernova Tour. Uh, that's when we got to talk about his love for uh, 70s Psychedelic that inspired that record, uh, as well as working with Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys his image, and motorcycles, one of the other big loves of his life. So I'm going to include that one here as well. Part two of Kyle Meredith with Ray LaMontagne. Kyle Meredith, uh, one and only Ray LaMontagne. I'm so happy to see you back uh, and doing everything again. It's not like you've been gone a long time. but No, not really. Yeah. Not really. But, but here you are. Um, I'm only going to go back in time for a second. That last record with, uh, with God Will and almost seems like it had a self-prophesizing moment on there with rock and roll on the radio. Because suddenly, when mm. Ray Lamontagne comes back, that's exactly what he's given us. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a trip. Yeah. Uh, when when I first hear Supernova, I don't know how you arrive at these songs. I've read a little bit about you know that these are just the songs that presented themselves and they came to you. But I got such. I think when everyone is concentrating on the psychedelic vibe that you know they hear on the first thing that's so surprising to them, the first thing I got was really the AM radio sound of supernova and th and that's what i was wondering you know uh aside from a song just arriving you know just presenting itself you know ha was there a direction where that was kind of the idea were you listening to something where you said i'd like to do that it's hard to say i mean uh, i've always loved you know the kinks and the trogs the zombies love the zombies um, but also moving up a little bit to like Nick Lowe and Elvis Costello and yeah. um, early Floyd, love early Floyd. Yeah. The weird and, stuff. Um, yeah. 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 The songs that took weird, you know, twists and turns. Um, I always loved that stuff. Yeah. Always, as much as I loved anything else, you know. And I think um, 
it was a conscious effort to sift through stuff that was coming to me. So as the songs and melodies were coming to me, I would immediately say yay or nay, right. you know, which I, I've never really done that in the past. I would just take what comes as they come and then try to, you know, whittle it down and make a record out of it. This time I was really consciously sort of turning melodies away, which is scary creatively because they just, you, know, you can't make them happen. They sure. just come to you. So, um, you know, once Supernova came, which was the first song that, that I wrote for this record, once that happened, then I kind of knew, you know, okay, I want nine more of these, or, or nine more things like this that can, you know, uh, shape up into, into a record that's kind of sonically uh, complete and um, of a piece. Right. So. It's, it's interesting you say that about the discarding them, and that'd be a little bit scary. I think it was a John Stewart quote uh, that he was saying, you know, as a comedian, you, you know, you're always afraid that the next joke isn't going to arrive, that you're not going to have it, you know, and to be any kind of artist, right. you know, and, 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 and taking that chance. I mean, I have faith in you that the next idea will arrive. But yeah, I can see that as an artist, that is a little bit like, man, if I don't pay attention to him, will I ever get that again? Will that ever come back? Right. Those, uh, those stray yeah. thoughts. Just have to kind of have faith. You know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple songs in here. Um, Pick Up a Gun is Angry Ray. Oh, you think so? It feels like that. That's what it feels hmm. like. And, uh, you know, it's not like you're, you know, every song you've ever written has been Sunshine and Happy Trees. Hmm. But it's the one part where I, I think I listen and as the first time I met you, I don't mind saying, I got a little concerned. I was like, wow, this hmm. is Ray Man. That's interesting. Um, that song just happened. You yeah. know, I mean, it just, it just kind of happened, um, which was again part of the process. I was just letting these melodies present themselves however they wanted to, and I was trying not to interfere with them, yeah. you know, shape them um, in any certain way or make them fit some kind of a, um, you know, sort of a tried and true. Um, Form song yeah. form. I just kind of let them happen and tried to get out of the way and just but let the melody lead the way. Like surprising well, yourself when that's coming. Like wow, that's, mm, that's that song was. I I really just thought it was kind of fun. Actually, yeah. Yeah. right on near the angry part. I just thought it was it was fun to follow it and see where it, where it went and it kept shifting keys, which was kind of fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah. It just kind of happened. Yeah. It, well, I guess the other side of it that that we got was airwaves. Is this instantly amazing song? Instantly is something new. It's something that I haven't heard before. And it showcases this side of you that I'm not sure we're used to, which is sexiness. Huh. You know? Yeah. The, the whole whisper-growl thing. I mean, again, is this you just taking chances? Is, you know, t um, can, can you tell me a little bit more about that song? Because it, as a super fan of that song, I, I wouldn't mind. Well, it's just... Um, actually, when I brought that in, um, it had a slightly different form. It was still very linear. Mm -hmm. Um... And I remember texting Dan and saying, you know, there are two songs that, you know, that they're sort of, I'm a little concerned about that are, you know, linear. I have a, I have a tendency to write those kind of songs because I like, I like those kind of songs that sit in a groove immediately and just stay there. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, after the fact, after I make the record, you know, a year or two years down the road, I can listen to it and say, oh, I wish I'd tweaked that a little bit. Yeah, right. You know, maybe it doesn't quite work. Say like a song like um, Barfly. You know, which is sort of a, a song that just didn't never really had legs, you know. And I think that was its problem, is it was just too too linear. For me at the time, I thought it was fine and cool to just right. sit there. 
it was a little too too much of that. Um, so Airwaves is a song that Dan really helped, um, um, really by just changing in, uh, you know, um, a major chord into a minor chord. And that was it, that made and the difference? that's all it took. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Which I argued with him about, <laughs> you know, which, which I argued with him about for pr probably half a day. Yeah. You know, and at some point, because you, I was yeah. saying, I was saying, no minor chords on this record, Dan. Oh, not a single. You'll notice, not a single minor chord on this record. And he's like, you're retarded. <laughs> you're so retarded. I was like, minor chords are sad. It's like this is not a sad record for me. These, these yeah. songs were fun to write. Yeah. No minor chords, and he's just, he said, one minor chord, ready. All of a sudden, the chorus now lifts yeah. away from what you've been doing. Yeah. Without that, it, it's just like you said, it's linear. You change yeah. that one chord. Now you got lift. And you've got a 3D pop-up book. And I was like, no, minor chords are sad. He's like, you're retarded. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Done. So, you know. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And it made the It's better for it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's better for it. It's I like cool. knowing beyond everything else what this album is, that there is one thing on it like that. So, you know, almost like in a pile of whatever, you find one little gem of something and it's just a minor chord. Yeah. Like one it, note difference. Yeah. Like it's one of those things that like I'm getting too grand here in the history of rock and roll and everything else that exists, you know that story exists. I, that's great. Is it fair to say with Supernova that there is also um, more of um, a concentration on your own image, uh, the way you're presented yeah. in the artwork? I don't think so. You're a little bit, you know, compared to what everything else, it looks like you're a little bit cleaned up and everything. And that's what I was wondering. It was like cleaned up. <laughs> Gee, thanks, bud. <laughs> I'm not calling you a dirty hippie, Ray. I'm not. No, I just... I, I don't know what it is, but it, it just looked like there was something very visually different about you as well. Yeah, I, I, I would say that I, I, my, I, I had shaved my, my beard off for a little while, maybe about 18 months, I think I went clean-shaven. Yeah. And then um, I think I was just growing it back when I had photos taken, so maybe that's the sort of cleaned-up thing you're talking about. Yeah, I but, don't know. I guess I was hoping it wasn't um, like this Johnny Cougar really moment, know. you know? You know <laughs> no, I don't know. This is really... No, I really, you know what? I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. But... No, it's okay. Uh, it's Like I said, I, 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 I did present the question was, is it have, fair to I ask? Don't have you know? the, I don't have the energy to, to, um, to give to that part of my mm -hmm. career, the image part of my career. Right. I just don't. Maybe I should, but I, I really just don't. Oh, I, I don't think, I mean, I do not have you're it. doing everything right. I'm so, not going to try to change things and then suddenly it's... I just concentrate on my strengths, you know. <laughs> I'm not really concerned about my image. Uh, Ray LaMontagne and Teen Bop. That's, it, uh, that's what's coming up. Uh, but that, but that's, also, that's also a thing because there is a, a perception uh, of the way uh, us as fans, as listeners, and, and, and as critics, we have to take things from you, what we give. And, and, I, and I guess that's us always projecting them back onto how the history books write it. Mm. It seems like it would be an unfair thing for an artist to have to always, I don't know if that's a burden you have to carry, but it's something that ends up on a Wikipedia page. I don't pay attention to what people think about me. Yeah. I just make the records and, you know, my whole barometer is the live show. If, if live shows are selling and things are going good and the tour is selling well, then mm -hmm. I feel good. Yeah, as long and as the crowd's it. in there. Yeah. That's it. I, I can't pay attention to what people think about me. It's yeah. not healthy. No, it's definitely in not healthy. Way. Well, so, again, one I'm way or the I'm, other. I'm not planting any seeds. Yeah. <laughs> <They're gonna> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wake you up. And, no. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, the, the, the last thing I do want to hit on, though, I know you're a big, um, uh, a big motorcycle fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I've only um, figured 
out those things a little bit in the past few years, and very small things like 250s. Oh yeah. Uh, with rebels and everything, but but I start thinking about it. I mean, if do you ever get to do that out on tour? Do you bring the bike out on tour? Do any of that stuff? Yeah. Some have, artists do. I have a bike out on tour this time. Yeah. yeah. And you get out and see actually see the places. Ah, once in a while. Yeah. And time I, and weather permits. I thought it'd be interesting. Uh, David Byrne had did a thing where he took his bicycle out. He ended up writing an entire book about it. And it was a blog, a blog and everything. And. Yeah. I didn't know if that's anything you could ever see yourself doing, something like that, a, a travelogue. Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, is it a life outside of rock and roll for you? What's that, motorcycles? Uh, well, anything. Because Any. uh, um, it's... Most of my life is outside of rock yeah. and roll. 99.9% of my life is outside of rock and roll. I guess, once again, it's, um, it's the way we paint you. You know, it's the way everybody else it paints anybody yeah. in, in rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. The other I'm jobs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you do, I'll take royalties on it. On the right. end of the <laughs> Okay. Uh, thanks for dropping by. I love Supernova. Sure. I think this is a fantastic cool. record. And it is fun. Minor note oh, or not. You. It's great. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm really happy with it. And um, I'm just itching to get back in the studio and do it again. Really? Oh, yeah. We're happy to hear it. All right, thanks, man. It's great talking to you. Sure, you too. And my thanks, Ray LaMontagne. The brand new record is called Monovision on tour all this summer. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Again, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that are put out every single week, which is a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, mostly on Twitter, occasionally Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. 